Welcome back, everyone. Check out today's latest episode where we are in conversation with Ismael Otero, owner and founder of Caribbean Soul Dance Company, and Edwin Ferreras, co-owner and co-founder of Adaito Arts. Bam. Check it out. Welcome, Ismael Otero and Edwin M. Pereiras. Uh, Edwin, what oh. does M stand for? Manuel. Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, I had to answer it because it was live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now y'all no, know. No, yeah, it's, I mean, it's there. I feel like people are going to be like, what does the M stand for? I, um, again, you see Ismael, people are nosy. They're always going to be calling the business. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, thank you for coming on and having this conversation about bachata. Uh, I feel like, especially in this time, we want to kind of sometimes, uh, learn from lived experience versus what we learn in textbooks or in writings, because we also are now living in a time where we're questioning who's writing this and what this perspective is from. And is if, it, if it's authentic to, the people that experienced it, the people that went through it and things like that. So I wanted to have your lived experience and your perspectives. Um, and I'm going to start with Ismael. If you can just talk a little bit about uh, how you came about bachata, whether it was listening to it or dancing to it, like how you started in, in the scene. Well, this happened like, ugh, like early 90s. Um, there were just always bachata clubs and Every time you went out dancing, it was um, salsa merengue bachata, salsa merengue bachata, and then salsa merengue Spanish rock, salsa merengue cumbia, salsa merengue bachata, um, and it made a big hit in the mid '90s with um, like younger people, you know. Medicina de amor, that was like the, the hit song of the '90s, um, and, and you see all these like um, um, street kids just dancing it. You know, now it's not their parents dance anymore. Now it's the hip thing to do is to dance bachata with your Timberlands, <laughs> you know? So um, it's always been there. It's just, like I said, it, it wasn't like um, something done for as far as like performing it or teaching it. You know, like I said, back in those days and mostly everything, you know, you, you either had it or you don't basically. Yeah, um, I guess, also, I guess, so what was your first, ex I mean, for me, it was more, I started on Saturday mornings and my mom would start cleaning, uh, cleaning the entire house. She was, she would listen to more to like bolero and vallenato, where mm. bachata and salsa wasn't really like a part of the cleaning routine. Like, do you remember the first time or the first encounter before the clubs of listening to bachata? Is that part of your household kind of thing? No, it wasn't actually. And it, it, I went to a bachata club. That was my first experience. And um, a friend of mine, she goes, you dance bachata? I go, I don't know what, the, what, what this is. And so she, right there, she took me on the dance floor and she started showing me the steps, you know? And then I started grooving with it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then, like I said, then the 90s came and that's when we all started dancing it. So I kind of had like a little bit of a, a head start over um, the younger people, you know? Their parents, they all knew it because um, they've been, you know, listening to it for a long time. But I had a head start in like the new generation. Nice. And so the same question goes now to Edwin. What was your first, uh, again, using my example, like my, I came across it 
through actually just seeing going outside of my household and going to DR to, to hear bachata. What was your experience with bachata, whether it was in the household or outside? It was definitely in the household. Um, I didn't like it at first. I'm, I'm one of those uh, few Dominicans that, you know, will tell you like, I didn't like bachata originally. I was a merenguero. Um, so I think it was like my mom, I mean, I had to ask my mom because of the, the dates, but I think it was uh, 1989 when I first realized what the music was. Like I, I, I was listening to it and uh, I would dance to it, but I didn't like it. You know, my mom told me she would have to like, you have to dance this too, not just merengue. And um, I think in 1992, I don't remember what the song was, but Anthony Santo had came out with a new album then. And that's when I started like, whoa, this is different. You know, it's like blues or something. Cause I, I was really into jazz, you know, really early on. And that music just like, was like blues to me. So I think that that was kind of like my first experience with like loving it, you know, in the, in the early nineties. But in when it's, 89 90 oh man i was like no i don't want to hear this anymore it's too it's too twinga twing it's too too sad you know yeah and i mean that's how that's where like, i guess the term uh musica del amargue or cortavenas comes from because bachata is so yeah. it especially when you go back to 1989, it was always talking about, well, not always, I don't want to assume, I don't want to generalize, but the tendency was that it was about heartbreak. It was about someone being destroyed by a woman because we can also talk about how bachata is uh, male dominated during that time. Um, I guess, can you both, and feel free to jump in, can you both talk about how you went from loving this, how this being kind of part of your life, to how it transitioned to, okay, let's let's do structure, let's have a, let's go to a dance, or even how you, I know, uh, how you created a dance class, and how that transition was for you, coming from the, like, the streets and like part of your community to in a dance studio? Well, I found out that teaching bachata wasn't so easy. You know, I thought it was going to be easy. Um, but, you know, a lot of people don't have that hip movement, you know? So when I saw that, I'm like, wait a minute, this is like harder. So I had to learn how to um, basically teach bachata um, a little bit more technical. When before it was just, this is what we do, like I said, you know. And back, back in, um, like I said, um, Edwin, on the 80s and 90s, we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have um, MP3s, you know, it was, music was hard to find and um, people just, just did it. So I was like, okay, I gotta put a structure to this if I'm gonna teach it. And, you know, basically go one, two, three, and hip. One, two, three, and hip. And then it evolved to one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There wasn't really a structure. It's, try to do the best you can to make people move, you know? And in the beginning, the thing is like, um, I remember the nineties, the arm had to stay up here and it was like a little bit of a bobblehead and hip goes up to, and it was to the base. You know, we definitely don't go now, right Edward? But um, before it was to the base. You know? And um, after a while, um, I would just play around with it and I would, I would put my, my little, um, hip hop moves. I would do like a lot of, you know, crazy moves. And, um, you know, some people liked it, some people didn't, but I just did it because I couldn't stay just doing one step. So as I started teaching it, 
I started like um, getting more um, used to teaching variations of it, you know? And then um, that's when um, it started blowing up again. And I, so I already had a, a teaching format when it, when it blew up, um, what was it, like 10 years ago? Um, I already had a format, so it was easier for me to teach. Anyway. For me, uh, for me, it was, um, it was a very strange experience because, you know, I, I feel like I did have a bachata teacher, you know, in 1995, I had my, my aunt, she was, uh, she's into Santeria, voodoo, you like all the Afro spiritual, you know, Doruba land, uh, music and culture, but she loved bachata. And, and once in a while she would like actually, uh, teach me like, like, here's what you do. Here's how you do it. There was no count involved. You know, like Ismael said, except that with her, it was not even a one, two, three, four. It was just like, here's where you step and there's going to be that many steps and then whatever. <laughs> and it was more like, hold, hold my hand and I guide you through it. I think that was like about 95 or 96. But mind you that I didn't, there was never a thought in my head about teaching bachata or anything like that until 2004 or five at City College. And it actually started with, um, with Joe Burgos because uh, Joe Burgos was uh, coming to my college campus to teach salsa. And like Ismael said, this is around the time when the, when the structure of teaching with numbers evolved from the just stepping to the one, two, three, four to now a full eight count. And that was because of the salseros. You know, the salseros were counting eight. And uh, Joe Burgos is just like a dinosaur. Like he knows so much and he goes back so far. And he was probably one of the first people that I remember teaching bachata. So he comes to the college campus to teach salsa. One day he calls me out of the blue that he's, you know, not going to be able to make it because he was sick. I think this was 2005. He's like, yo, Edwin, I need you to do this. I need you to, I'm like, oh, <laughs> me? I'm the student. I'm like in the, in the back, usually in the back, sometimes in the middle of the class. Like I can't be, you know, teaching a class. And, and he's like, it's like in salsa when I bring you to the front and you do the, you do a good job. Just, just do whatever. You're Dominican. And I'm like, okay. And I remember being so nervous that I called my aunt and I'm like, uh, you want to come to city college with me? <laughs> be my dance partner. <laughs> but I mean, she, she didn't, but, um, what she did tell me was like, just, just do it natural. And we use that word today. And it meant so much to me to hear someone said, do it natural because all I thought was, okay, do it natural means, let me just do it a lo foque. Like, let me just be there and say, okay, here's a song. Everyone follow me and then just dance. Everyone grow a partner and let's just dance. And that's exactly what I did. There was no pattern. Um, I didn't teach a figure. I was just literally social dancing while people watched. And then I said, do something like what I just did. And that was my <laughs> first bachata class. <laughs> I want to say it was like 2005 or 2006. But then after that, you know, then we had the explosion of the dance community. Then we have the first bachata social uh, then you have Pierre Canela teaching the first bachata class outside of, you know, college campus. And, you know, that's when the structure really started to, I think, I don't know about you, Ismail, but we started to really pay attention to salsa structure and use a yeah. lot of that to teach bachata. Yes, that's what I did. Yeah. So we cheated, basically. We just like, okay, I don't know what to do. Well, what are y'all doing? <laughs> oh, one, two, three, five, six, seven, and then some turn patterns and then some footwork. Yeah. Gotcha. That's what I'm going to do in bachata. That's, but that's exactly what happened. I mean, that's that's how you build community, right? Like you when we talk about like trying to help each other out, like, OK, we used our experiences and what we've done to help someone else go through what like just in life. I think it, it's not definitely not cheating. I think it's just like 
borrowing and you just or, or, kinda... or maybe laziness maybe yeah. it was just laziness like yeah, oh, i don't want to sit there and did it or you structure something <laughs> now, now mind you there was a lot of um small um bachata clubs all over the place you know so we were already used to it you know like i said now we, we're trying to be a little bit more technical like the salseros like um, everyone said um you know but then um when it started to grow to like um socials and then eventually a congress you know um you would just say um you know, bachata um, congress, and everybody will be like, like, put a, like huh? how does that work? You know, how do you do that? You know, but um, I think it was um, for me at least. Um, um, George Elizondo and Rodney, they were like, "Yo, we're gonna do a bachata event," and um, um, I, I, I looked at them like, like events, just bachata. It was like unheard of. It, was, it sounded weird, you know. Um, but you know, they stuck to their plan, and here we are. You know. And you both made really good points is like that, that transition of like, okay, what am like, how do I do this? Like, what's going on here? Do you feel, do you feel like that even as the, the dance scene has evolved to what it is now? Do you feel like there's still a moment where you're just like, you know, where it came from, you know, how that first experience is, and now you see where it's at. Do you ever feel like, there's a, a disconnection or like something that you necessarily would like to kind of go back to. Um, in a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> every, <laughs> single, every single you know, day, you know, we, we talk about this. He's my, like the, the feeling of the, the feeling of what dancing was like in the nineties for me. And yeah. then even in the, in the early two thousands, like the feeling of what dancing bachata was then was, is nothing like what I feel now. And I feel like part of that disconnection is what, a lot of people like us try to, you know, like, how can we emulate that feeling yeah. from back then and bring yeah. it into today's world? Because I feel like when people ex are exposed to that, oh my goodness, it's like, yo, that was the shit dancing in the 90s. Like, I was yeah. in the underground clubs and bachata was like, all the ladies like, oh my God, you dance so good. I'm like, wow, this is a great feeling. Today, I feel like it's become, not, not everywhere, and everywhere in the world, but it's become a little bit more superficial. And it's really hard to teach students how to get out of that I got to look like a, an instructor. I got to do this particular thing. So, yeah, like yeah, it, I said, it's, it's hard like to teach people feeling. feeling, you know, you can't teach people feeling. And even if you have a method of, of um, opening a door to make them understand how it should feel for them, it's hard to teach that to a student when they're focused on the step itself. So it's, it's giving them too much to do, you know, so that's why you got to tell them, get, you know, get the structure, but try to connect to it in your way because feeling is something you don't teach, you know, but you can try to guide people to understand like, the music, the instruments, the artist, what he meant, what is the song saying, you know? And once you get that feeling, you're, you're in heaven, you know? It was just more natural in the 90s, like Edwin said, because there were no, like, school or classes. It just We just did it. So their focus was more on feeling it, where, like, I think today it's more like this is the step, you know? So then, um, luckily, most people, after they learn the step, they, they kind of, like, um, the feeling kind of takes over, you know, so it, it's still there. It was just more natural before, like, like everything, you know? I wanted to add one thing, uh, Jen, um, the disconnect also for me happens the other way. Like, because like Ismail said, back then we didn't have the YouTube, we didn't have the social media. We didn't even have a lot of books. Like I feel, remember that one of the first books was 1997. So you're talking 96, 95. Uh, there was not enough information back then. All you had was the oral tradition of passing things down from one generation to the other. And today, I feel like the disconnect is the other way because we have so much information. There's so many, you know, innovators, so many legends, so many 
experts, so many books, so much YouTube videos, like, and still be with all this information, I feel like it's still the dancing. I can't describe it. I can't compare it to what it was then. Yeah. And it's, and for me, I'm more of a, a problem solver, a problem solver, or trying to come to where we, where we create impact or we can change the situation. And, but obviously knowing that some things are just what it is. And that's just, you know, a, per, a person who's coming into dance bachata, sometimes it's just a distraction for them from their nine to five job. It's not the kind of, but it's not, they don't have the same intention as let's say us three dancing bachata because it's, it's tied, it's tied a little deeper because it's a part mm-hmm. of our culture. Um, so I guess I'm just trying, like, do you think that the structure right now, the Latin dance community, like, as you both mentioned, uh, Congresses, do you think they can do a better job on uh, like creating an atmosphere that can, I know it's a feeling, but do you think that there's something that promoters can do that can replicate, not, well, not replicate, but come closer to the, the atmosphere that these bachata clubs, that what I feel like when I go to a colmado in the DR and Ooh. there's like this open space with just like one speaker and there's no, there's no guidelines, there's no clicks, there's not, none of the, these social norms that exist in the dance community at Congresses can implement or encourage, like what would you, what would you, if you could talk to a promoter? Um, you know what? A lot of promoters have done all they could to try to get that atmosphere, but it, eventually, it 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 becomes it's, it's the people. You know, if you have a lot of people that um um just got into bachata because that's the new thing, you know, like hey, this looks like something fun. Let me get into it. They don't they don't have that experience. You know, they just go through that motion. So then you you go to someone. You know, like if I go to Washington Heights and they yo, we're going to a, a, a congress. He's gonna feel like uh, a fish out of water. Like, well, I, this music's familiar, but the atmosphere is different, you know. So, for me, promoters—they provide basically what you need: space, music, and some events. They play all types of, of, of bachata, you know. And other ones have separate rooms. So they have tried, but it really depends on the people. And a lot of promoters want to give the people what they want, you know. But some people expect magic, you know. And it's up to you, you know. Don't go to an event looking for fun you know you got to make it fun and learn as much as you can you know and that's everything you know that's all the styles of bachata um my my thought on it is you know everything he's to said from the aspect of the consumer and the the provider and the creators of these events um i would just add that there have been okay so in 2007 or 8 right before you know one of the first bachata uh, festivals or like, you know, or, or right after actually the first Bachata Festival in New York. And it was not even its own thing. It was like a separate room inside of another festival uh, with, with Choco and Island Touch. And I feel like back then there was not a lot of demand from non-Caribbean people on authenticity and education and information and musicality. There was not a big demand. Now the demand has grown and I feel like a lot of organizers have adapted. Like, for instance, uh, Edwin Rivera brings Dakota and I to do a presentation. Like, hey, can you guys do a presentation on the history of bachata and, sh- and show some cultural context? I'm like, what? Liel uh, Gringuito, hey, listen, I got a projector. You know, I know you, you. And I'm like, if the demand is there, these, these uh, organizers, they listen. You know, I, I can name a, a few, El Gringuito, uh, Rudy, 
you know, even the people in, in um, uh, Australia that did the first international one, like we've been went over there to teach cultural content. And I think that it's a, it's a smaller group of people, I, I would say even niche, but if the demand grows, a lot of, like Ismail said, it's the demand of the public. So if the people are demanding it, they'll start to bring it in. So I think yeah. that's one of the, the solutions, you know, it's just to, if you want it, you have to demand it. Otherwise yeah. we can't, I can't complain. Uh, the consumer can't complain and the organizers can't complain. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's really, that's real. Like people have to want to know more about the culture. And um, I guess what I'm thinking about when I think about uh, bachata and wanting to know the culture, I feel like it's, it's also wanting to know more about the music. And I think for me as an instructor myself, I when like bongo chata and all these like different versions of bachata, well, now we can get into like what's bachata and what's not bachata. But I, I, as an instructor with all these new things coming out, it's just also not only the student is learning, but also the teachers are learning. Like kind of like Ismail was saying, like I just, I was just dancing bachata. Now I had to teach bachata. So now I have to learn structure and I have to learn how to teach, how to make you understand. I, from a, I guess from a teacher perspective, it's just like, what are the conversations that you're having with your students about what is bachata? Uh, what instruments need to be in a song to be considered bachata? Um, and like, what are those conversations looking like with your students? Well, you know what's funny? Because me, me and Edwin, we kind of use instruments to teach our students. So while we're, we're teaching and we play the, the bongo, um, they kind of like um, fuse it to their their they're learning, you know? So when you play the instruments while, while you teach, they, they make a connection, you know? So even, um, uh, it's like most subliminal, whether they want to learn it or not, once they hear that rhythm, it's easier for them um, to adjust, you know? They just gotta um, be, go in there with an open mind and, and try to absorb as much as they can. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that uh, innovation comes in a lot of different ways and I wasn't always teaching with instruments, you know, like I, I know maybe, maybe making instrument sounds cause I just always been drawn to instrument. So maybe I'll make like the, you, you hear the, okay. Oh yeah, I heard it. Uh, but I don't remember what year I started teaching with instrument, but I remember that that was the year that I never looked back. Like since that year, everywhere I went with my partner, there was going to be instruments in a class, even if we had to buy like miniature ones. And it's because we realized how important it was for people to visually see the instrument that's making that sound and you know we can't fit everything into a luggage so even if we could just bring a video for them to see like okay you see that that's the that's that that's this that's this and you know i think that it's a very valuable piece of information you know carlos cinta does a really good job of this because he's even designed classes just for teaching music like musicality not even dancing just like how to listen to the music and i think that it improves people's dancing to know what the sounds are. Like Ismail, uh, when you when we're in Caribbean soul learning the choreographies, like I would I would be pissed off at this guy because all he did was talk about that you hear that uh, that and I'm like no I don't hear it. But that's how he teaches. <laughs> he teaches you to listen. And I think that if more instructors are teaching students to listen and not just to act and react and do patterns, which is all great. But if you're learning how to listen. I feel like your dancing is one more informed. You have a lot more context. And it's not even that difficult to, to hear the instruments once you know what to pay attention to or even to play an instrument. I know some people are like, well, oh, I want to at least, you know, try playing an instrument. 
it's not a mandatory thing. It's, you know, more of a, if you want to do it, but once you start getting into that world of listening to music, it's really hard to pull yourself out. And there's more joy in, in teaching as well. I, I, at least for me, there has been. Yeah, your workshop, when you bring the instruments, it's fun. Like, I like to even join, you know? Like, he makes it fun, and he has all these instruments. He brings a chart and everything, you know? And, yeah, and it's not boring, you know? And hey. it's, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, I was teaching a, a private class. Yeah, as, as a student, you're interested, you know? And like like he said, there are people that are putting in effort, and um, there's a musician that's also a salsero, bachatero. His name is Gabby Galan. He has music mm. out there, incredible. So right now he started doing a series where he's dancing only to the bass and then only to the bongo. So like I said, pe people are trying, you know, to come up with new ideas to make people more original. Mm -hmm. uh, let me ask, uh, sorry, let me add something to, to Ismael's uh, last comment. Not just to be more original, but I think also coming from a teaching like background, since I'm a school teacher, the, all these innovations are also helping more people connect to the information and making it more inclusive because like we've noticed throughout the years, maybe maybe when we first started Ismail, we didn't think about this and we just kind of learned as we went along. Oh, wait, you need a visual aid? Okay. Oh, wait, you need to hear it? Okay. Oh, you need to feel it? Some people just need different things. So I think that just bringing all these things into a classroom, like bringing a chart, bringing an instrument, even if it's a small, tiny guida or, or having sound effects or something helps people who, who don't learn traditional. Like not everyone learns a traditional watch and learn. Some people just exactly. need to be held by the hand. Like, here, let me hold your hand. Look, put that right here. You see that? You feel that? Oh, oh. So I think that the innovation, like Ismail said, it's, it's helpful to create more complete dancers, but also to allow students who don't learn the same way to connect to the information. Bingo. What's his name, Mo? <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to a little bit about what you both were saying about um, how in in New York City we're we're talking about New York City because we're we're gonna focus on that geography um, and you touched on the that you know Ismael from Caribbean Soul uh, I actually met you both because we were we competed in a in a dance competition at the New York Salsa Congress. And Edwin was a part of Ismael uh, Teros Caribbean Soul Team that won. Uh, was it like the first championship? Is that? That was the first, that was the first bachata, uh, traditional bachata. No, not even traditional. It was just the first bachata uh, championship in a Congress that I even, I mean, in North America, at least. I don't know about Europe and what was happening yeah. over there. Let me tell you a funny story about that. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like please. I, uh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. So understand that we didn't have, like I said, there was, at that, those times, there was like no, we didn't have the structure we had today. We kind of had to have to wing it. And so um, I told Alex, let's just try stuff. And we had um, these two girls um, that we had the, the social club. And I said, let's just bring them in. And all we got to do is teach them technique. Because um, they're already incredible um, social dancers. Amazing. You know, Yvonne and Charlie, they were amazing. Charlie, uh. Yeah. And so Alex um, told me, yo, can you come with me to, to Philly because I have a, a workshop? So I took it as an opportunity to put a CD together to make a routine. And I put that, 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 that CD in, and Alex is like, no, nah, not that one. No, not that one. Not that one, you know? And, and you know, mind you, um, I'm, his, I'm his director, but I, I put him in charge of the bachata because <laughs> it would be too much for me to do salsa and bachata, so I put him in charge. Another song. And he didn't like any of the songs. The last song was Esa Mujer, right? 
And we both just sat there. We're like, that's the song. And the funny part about it is that I don't remember putting that song or even having it. So even though we um, finally, you know, we got the song, um, we didn't know what to do with it, you know. So I um, heard the beginning sounded like like kind of tanguish, and it went. I just did a tango move. Dun dun. So for the competition, Classic. we're rehearsing. Yeah, we're rehearsing, and then we find out in the rules it has to be three couples, you know. And we had someone that was supposed to do it, but he couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. So we asked, um, you know, Edwin and Melanie, and they learned that it won like two days, I think. They learned it a day quick. A day and a half, except that the last one was a tech rehearsal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And if you look at the video, um, Edwin and Melanie did the best. They were so, you could see their joy, you know? They they stole the show, you know? And we rocked it, you know? Um, And again, he just jumped in there. Lucky, um, you know, he, he, he knows bachata from the street. He knows how to do it technically. And next thing you know, um, that style um, started, it became a thing, you know, to do that style, that uh, bachata, you know? Yeah. But Alex, people... yeah, we, we'll go back and forth, uh, me and Alex, like I said, we, um, um, I, would, I would add something that he would add something, and we would just like feed off each other, you know? I was going to say a lot of people, even to this day, Jen, like it, it, I have to remind myself that the dancing before that competition was also very different and just in general. And I think that, that um that style of dancing that caribbean so created for bachata competition became a very influential thing in social dancing because to this day no one like like no one was dancing that way not island touch which were the biggest superstars at the time uh corky and judith like there was no one and and this is before um we were teaching uh bachata classes in the big major congresses so from that competition was born this influential thing where even to this day, I see a lot of people doing, remember the, that foot move? El piecito. El piecito. No one was doing that before. And, and now every time, I, every time I do it and people are like, oh, look, like the guy from, from Europe. And I'm like, yeah, but we were doing that in New York 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I have to remind myself that it was a very influential uh, piece or choreography or piece of art. Yeah, even myself as a student, I remember the first time I saw Karen and Ricardo and I saw her amazing abilities, like where they were, she was spinning like a thousand times like a tornado. And I was, as a student starting in salsa, I was like, oh, wow, like that's so, so innovative, so amazing. And then someone next to me was like, you know, like there's other people that do that. That's, they're just the ones that can do that right now. And it just kind of opens your mind as a student sometimes that sometimes when students see something, they they truly believe that you're the innovator, like you're like you just created that and they need to be that as creative versus like that dance is not like that dance is kind of you're borrowing things from different from different dances or like different people and you kind of develop you implement that into your own dance um i i wanted edwin can you talk oh well, actually ismail can you talk about why you thought of edwin in the first place like what was your connection to edwin how did this relationship start edwin is a he's a character you know, he's a character is very enthusiastic, and um, most people probably would have been like, "No, there's not enough time." And Edwin was like, "I've never performed on stage before." I said, "This is gonna be your debut." I'm like, "Oh my god," <laughs> you know. But he just, like I said, he was very excited, and 
and him and Melanie worked so hard. And like I said, you have to see when me and Edwin just see each other, it's, it's a show, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, we, 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 our, hel our hello is a breakdance battle. It's a battle. That's how we say hello. You or, know? or a rap battle in the last yeah. three yeah. or four years now. Yeah. Um, so his personality, um, you know, um, aside from his personality, he's just, he's very skillful, you know, like sometimes you, you look at him and you're like, no, this guy's funny, you know, he's talented, but very knowledgeable, you know, and like I said, he did, he did a great job and, it, you know, if it wasn't for him, we, you know, um, we wouldn't have the opportunity to even compete. So none of that would have happened. And that, like you said, that, that routine influence would have never evolved. Yeah. And which is amazing. I, I also, I felt like Edwin has been part of my, my teaching and dancing, actually my dancing career since, is it my I don't birthday know when. today? <laughs> <laughs> it's Edwin's day, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I remember going up to City College and taking a class with Edwin because I just, I once you meet someone and you understand their vibe and their intention and their purpose, you're like, I just want to keep learning from you because I know that that authenticity is there, that genuineness, the love of the dance is there versus what I was experiencing in, I, I used to live in Queens, New York, and in dance studios that I was going to out there, it was just this like, okay, this is our salsa pattern that we've done for a million gazillion years. And we're just going to see, we're going to apply it to bachata timing and we're just going to sell it. We're going to, this is your bachata class and zero intention, zero, zero authenticity. It was just like so much. I felt as coming from a mother who's Dominican, I was just like, this is disrespectful. Like what's wrong with you? You know? Um, so I guess it's like, what, what has been your experience about like this New York, especially in the coming up and the coming up phase of bachata with instructors who kind of just took salsa moves and just did it to bachata timing? Like, how did you find, how did you try, what was your journey into like structuring authentic bachata or whatever that means to you to not be like salsa moves to bachata timing? You know what, like, like I said, um, it, it's how you, basically everything is how you do it, you know? You, you could take a salsa move, but if you kind of like give it that bachata timing and that bachata feeling, then it, it, you can make it look authentic, you know? Because um, again, um, salsa um, took from hustle and swing, and now it's a norm, you know? Um, people, we didn't do many um, turn patterns back in the day. Mambo was more about footwork, you know? But, um, you know, everything starts evolving, but... I think as long as it, um, um, it doesn't look too much like salsa, um, because those moves are very easy to put on any dance, you know? But the essence and the energy, you tweak it to a certain way, and it, it, it could work, you know? That, that's what evolution is all about, you know? Um, I think that, <clears throat> like, because I'm always coming, you know, towards everything from a cultural perspective, I have to, like, you know, almost like play double advocate a little bit because for me, for me to see something done today or back then in the beginning of the formations of bachata community, um, we used to do this a lot, you know, this idea of watching a video, you know, this is when YouTube actually first started. I think it was like 2006 or five. Um, two years after we started finally getting videos and we got, you know, people in Italy and like, ooh, Tony Lara. And, and my whole thing was, uh, I was, uh, my partner at the time, Sienna, she, you know, she was the one really who was like, we need to get out of the structure. Cause I was very, I was very enthusiastic, but I was very structured. Everything was structured. 
And Sienna was like, no, let's just have fun with it. You know, let's just, and I feel like part of the reason I'm such a, you know, like, okay, let's just get out of the structure a little bit and, and focus more on the, all the different aspects was because of what was happening in, in my earlier teaching days, because we used to watch videos and turn off the sound and we used to look at it. And even to this day, for me, rather than saying whether it looks like salsa or whatever it is, I just show it to my mom. I'm like, mom, look at this. What, what do you think this is? And my mom would tell me, okay, that looks like salsa. Or, okay, it looks like kind of like bachata salsa. Oh, that looks like bachata with some flavor. Or, oh, that's, you know, my mom is my, metro, my, my, my meter because she's untainted. Like, she's never took a class. She's never been to, like, you know, anything, a studio or anything like that. So, for me, she's my fountain. So, if she can tell me if it's, you know, and like Ismael said, I used to be very critical back then about including salsa moves in bachata. But I started to realize that, that from the point of view of, you know, what cultural misappropriation is in Dominican Republic and Cuba, when, when those people watch their own culture, you know, they're watching it from the, their, their eyes their, or their bubble or their surrounding. And we have to remember that bachata was another innovation from bolero and son and all these other styles. So, so it is okay to draw from other areas and innovate. But like Ismael said, if it doesn't have that bachata feeling, if it doesn't, if, if I don't, if, if I look at it like, or I can count how many basics you do with one finger, oh. then that's where we, <laughs> hey, listen, we talk about this, you know, it's, no, it's, it's because true. it's like advice for the new generation, because I know more people want to look more authentic. And if y'all want to look authentic, y'all got to start putting in the basic in there somewhere. Exactly. 100%. I guess, can you both talk about how that lens or that, like, that, that comes through for you when you're judging competitions? Oh, my God. The first time I judged a competition, <laughs> I, I, didn't know, I didn't know what to do because, um, again, um, the people from Europe, and like Edward said, they didn't even do a bachata basic. So I'm like, I didn't know what to look at. You know, I didn't see, like, nothing bachata, you know? So, um <laughs> A lot of my scores, as far as like timing and stuff, were, were very low. And, you know, um, during the break, they were like, yo, you know, what's going on? I said, I don't see bachata. You know, I, I said, this is perfect. I see a choreography. I see a beautiful choreography. I'm impressed, but I don't see bachata, you know? Um, and and it, was, it was confusing, you know? So in the, the World Latin Dance Cup, they did bachata, but then they also did bachata cabaret which that timing is more like one, three, five. So then there was a lot of walking and posing and stuff like that. So now that they gave me a description, now I could judge it more, you know? Cause like I said, um, uh, um, what people don't realize that in music, um, I think Edwin, you could jump in on this, there's rhythm and rhythm, you know? So even though sometimes when they, they step like this, they can still be in the bachata rhythm for musicality purposes, you know? But um, I, um, people think that I'm a purist, you know, and I am, but I'm also out there. You know, the thing is, I, in my opinion, you can do whatever you want, take it everywhere. As long as you have knowledge of the core, you know, I, I know, I know the core of bachata and I'm, I might do something totally unconventional, you know, but judging it before was, was difficult. And now I just see everybody always does the same thing. You know, there's, there's so many things you can do. But they all do this, the same thing. And me, when I'm judging, I'm brutal. You know, I, I, I am, you're not my friend when, when I'm judging you. 
you know? Um, and, and, but I'm ready for them to come ask me why. And I'll tell them this is why, you know? At least, at least um, have a bachata rhythm, you know? If I could feel your bachata rhythm um, and it complements the music, and for me personally, if it complements the music, it's, it's, it's easy for me to judge a competition. Um, yeah, there's nothing to add to that. For me, <laughs> uh, judging, like, oh man, I've judged so many times in so many different parts of the world, and I absolutely hate it. I hate judging. Um, I hate the idea of sitting there and, and tell another person if their art is good enough, in my, in my view, musicality-wise or technique-wise. My first time judging Ismael was when we were in, in New Jersey. Um, I don't remember the name of that club, but it was like a, a long time ago. Um, and it, I think we had to like do a point system. And that's when I first realized that I didn't like judging. You know, I did it because I was invited. I, I don't remember who invited me. Um, then, uh, um, what's his name? Alejandro, Alejandro from Bachatea Mi Mama. We created our own competition uh, when we first created like one of those first parties. And he was telling me, hey, you know, I, I think you should judge. And I'm like, I don't like judging. And this is actually how I became an MC. Because when people would ask me to judge, I would say, hey, look, um, I, I don't know about judging, but do you have an MC yet? And I, I volunteered myself for MC. I'm like, you know what? I rather much much rather grab the microphone because, you know, I come from that hip hop old school mentality, rapping and graffiti. And that was, that's what I do love. I don't like judging. So I'm like, judging hey, is hard. A, it is. It, it's, it's, I feel like it's one of the most difficult jobs because it is. you have to tell someone if they're good enough, like you have to tell someone from yeah. your perspective that they're not good enough to meet that, that standard of yours. I'm like, uh-uh. But I, I do it now more than before because I'm realizing that if, if there is going to be judging, I would love for it to at least have a balance. And a lot of the times that I see competitions being judged, there is no cultural context whatsoever. And it's, it plays into that, that, that um, epidemic of cultural appropriation or misappropriation because now you're saying, I'm the bachata world champion six years in a row. And a Dominican will look at you and say, but of which world though? Like, and it, I know it sounds happened, funny, and it's like, Spain. <laughs> yeah, it that sounds happened. funny, but it's one of those things where it's like, what do you do? Like, if, if you are going to ask me to judge, I'm going to at least take it seriously. And, you know, from what I see from the different options, I'm going to tell you my, my perspective. I'm glad that is a point system and that I don't have to, like, write an essay for each one, because that would be, whew, <laughs> I would never be invited to judge again. Well, they should have some, something in a competition culturally, but again, we, we always got always remember that any competition, we have to consider it as like a sports dance, you know? And we always want to put our culture in there, but that's why we have shows, you know? Right. So it, 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 it's a very, you know, it's a touchy subject when people want to see stuff that they're used to or what they expect. Uh, but competition, I just realized a long time ago, I said, you know what, it's just who's um, stronger, faster, and they took their technique to another level, you know? But then you, you go to the corner, you have um, someone that's in bachata that will kick their ass like 10 times over. <laughs> For real. 100%. Social dancers. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, Yusman, I think you touched on a really good subject is that uh, like you can leave that, a, that cultural component to performing, right? Like on a stage. Yeah. But I also feel like it also applies to performing because who is making these lineups? Uh, who is closing a show? 
And if you compare to someone who does want to culturally, I mean, I for 100% as um, half Dominican, I love watching Edwin's shows. I feel like I can show Edwin, uh, like the video of Edwin's performance to my mom. And my mom is going to be like, Así se hace. like, that's how you represent the culture. That's how you do it. And then I show her like who, quote unquote, always closes the shows in terms of bachata. And my mom is just like, but just like you, like what you were saying, oh, that's a good choreography. Okay, I can, you know, they, they work out like that kind of, but there's like a disconnection there. And even in, in like just your performing. So I, I do agree that there are times where you, where culture can come in and then like you as an athlete, like your athletic, athletic ability has to, has to shine through. But I, I push back like Edwin, I'm going to be a devil's advocate and be like, well, is that what we're centering around? Are we really appreciating the dance for what it is, which includes culture versus like, oh, who's going to basically who's going to win the competition amongst all. Yeah, the you, you guys have the culture already. That's the thing. You, you have something to compare it to. A lot of these people are just jumping in right now. So they have no. They don't have the context. I agree. Yeah. So they're like, they're like, they see someone who, who you can feel their energy just by doing their bachata basically. Like, God damn, like, they're amazing, <laughs> right? But then you see someone doing like a, a, a backflip into a basic, you're like, that, that's, that, he's the best, you know? <laughs> so they, have not, they have nothing to compare yeah, it to, you know? So, yeah. Like yeah. I said, I um, agree. I agree. I was going to say also, Jen, uh, like you said, it, I mean, I, I've, my mentality has changed a lot. And I think that, that as instructors and, and people in the community, we have to continue to self-reflect and reevaluate ourselves every three or four years. Just say, how, what do I think about this? I used to think very differently. I used to think a lot like, like um, uh, Ismael was saying, you know, b- back then, like a show is a show, you know, entertainment is entertainment. There's no way I'm going to uh, talk about entertainment from a cultural perspective because it's entertainment. You know, it's not going to be authentic. It's just going to be whatever. However, over the years, now I'm thinking, okay, but but if it's representing a culture or representing a cultural dance, then it should at least have some kind of element. And you know what I really love? Um, Leslie and George do this in, in LA. I love a lot of, actually a lot more organizers are doing this. So they leave the wow factor shows for last, right? But I really appreciate when sometimes they start the shows with a lot of cultural things. Like you'll see yeah. a Roomba in the beginning and Dakota yeah. and I, like we, we've been invited to open a show with like uh, our Bolero, uh, Bolero son piece. I'm like, okay, I, I've never cared about being close to the end because by that time I'm tired. But if you put me in the beginning to like open up a show about culture and then, and then see the evolution of things ending with the Big Bang, that would be a really great challenge for organizers. I know there's probably a lot more to think about, but I think that would be a really great challenge to show like a storytelling of, evolution yeah. of dance um bb from reno he always wanted to get um a dominican palos group you know so um he would um ask me and i, and I was trying to give him information of um um a group here that does like um follow ceremony you know and um, i don't think he, he's ever got to do it but you know he was like um interested i said yo you do a follow opening I think it's over. That's it's over. No, that's, and that's great. Like, that's a good perspective, Edwin. I I don't think I've ever, I mean, look, I'm like learning. This is, you learn something new every day. Um, Dominican follows, all right? Dominican follows. uh, Dominican follows. A lot of of people don't know what that is, you know? Um, Yeah, no, I just, I, I think that, and it's just heartbreaking because some people don't like now audiences don't come downstairs, like don't come down to watch the first set of shows. 
And if you're live streaming, some people don't even come down at all and just watch from their rooms like on the live stream. They don't even bother to come down. So I guess it's like also maybe pushing like from promoters, like going back to like an opportunity where it's like really centering and making sure that people know that the show starts at nine and please come watch the entire show versus just coming for like the last four shows and just kind of changing the, the way we think about shows. Well, some, some promoters, they, they, they put like good show, mediocre, good, you know, they, 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 they kind of space it out, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I and, like that. Um, yeah. Huh? It, it, forces people to, it forces people to watch the whole thing if they want to see their specific, you know, yeah. But that, that's what they want. That's what the Congress was made for, no, that, to watch shows, you know? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition now to questions from audience. Um, it may not be anything that we touched on or maybe something that we touched on and you could just elaborate more. Okay, the first question that came in is, now um, we didn't touch on this because I just feel I can talk for days about this. But as Rian Taveras asked, what makes sensual be considered bachata if the music and steps are not bachata? Well, that's what it is. Sensual is an, um, another, it's like another branch of the tree. And it got a lot of flack in the beginning, even by me. I, um, you know, I would tell people, look, I'm not anti-sensual. I'm just anti-corny moves, you know? Um, I've, I've seen people dance. It's true. Come on. Really? Ow. So the thing is, you know, we've all done this. Where we're social dancing and we do something that we think is, is you know, clever or cute. But that's just, you know, for the moment. These people are taking those little things and teaching it as an art form, you know, this is bachata. And, and again, I, I've seen people, I mean, do amazing sensual bachata, you know, but I know that if you're going to be into sensual bachata, you got to have some kind of sensuality, you know. For me, honestly, and people always hate me when I say this, but people who, who can't move that, that's just entertainment for me, you know. Seeing people that have no kind of... Um, sensual flow, you know, um, and they kind of like put it in a box that if you dance sensual bachata, you must do a body roll. You must do these certain steps, you know? Um, and I've seen um, other people, um, um, I was judging a competition in Israel and I had this um, conversation with Gatika. And, you know, I, I, I told her my view, she told me her view, and she danced sensual bachata. She danced traditional with Frank Santos, you know, and they do, they do amazing. And when um, I danced with her, I felt bachata. And it was the most amazing thing that um, I was like, oh my God, visually, it didn't look like bachata, but that rhythm was in her body. I just think um, if you're going to do something, um, be able to, you know, like I said, if you're going to dance sexy, you have to be a sexy person, you know, but it's evolved into another branch and we have to see it as something else, you know, because the music did evolve. Because when I used to be very vocal about these dances, um, they will call me and be like, but it's my way. You're so against it. I go, look, if I hear something that sounds hickish and you look like, like you're, 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 you're a robot, I say it doesn't match in my opinion, you know? But then as the music um, evolved, it started getting, you know, had, had that beautiful intro, sounded like modern music. It, it started sounding beautiful. If you got the capability to merge that and bring it to life, then, then I, I, again, I like it but it's another branch, you know? If you tell someone there's a bachata event and they're expecting, you know, the traditional and they see, you know, everybody all like, like that, you know, they're gonna be like, what's going on? But 
it's, it's become something else and we got to treat it as such. Exactly the same way um, um, reggaeton came from reggae, but it became its own own thing, you know? So you, nobody that, that goes to a reggaeton party is going to be like, you know, where's the Jamaican? You know, where's the reggae? Because they know, you know? So when you when you go to a sensual, and a lot of places now are, are promoting sensual bachata. I think it can be beautiful if people put a little bit more effort into learning the, the specific styles of, of um, central bachata, you know, but there are some people that they just do corny moves and it, it messes it up for them, you know, in my opinion. Um, I, mean. I, I, I agree with a lot of what Ismail said with the exception of the, I, I personally don't like to use the word evolution to describe what's happened to the music and the dance. Uh, because to me, evolution implies that there's traces of a root that then evolve into other things, but you can still see the traces. And I feel like with some, with some cases, not all, with some cases, it's so far removed from the root then that, that, like Ismail said, we need to think of it as a separate thing. Like, for instance, I love that example, Ismail. I use that example a lot when I'm teaching um, ethnomusicology, the example of reggae. You know, we had uh, ska, you know, in, in Jamaica, whoever speaks patois, and you have ska, and then you have you know, the, the uh, mento, and then you have reggae, and then you have reggaeton, and now you have dembo. But notice how those names are changing because when yeah. you get really far removed from the original uh, mento and ska, now you have to give it a different name because I think that that's the problem. The problem is not that there is evolution or developments or new styles. I think the problem is the, the labels that we're attaching to them. Sometimes those labels are creating a lot of confusion because somebody's like, Coming in today, today, my first day, oh man, I just heard about something called bachata. Let me Google it. Okay, bachata. The first five pages you'll see are not going to be the most authentic representation of that style. And that's a problem because now people who do want to learn it are going to have a harder time finding it. But like Ismail said, it's all great, especially if you can still show, you know, something beautiful that fits that music. But then when we're labeling it, we have to be very careful that we don't mislabel or mis, um, miseducate people who are thinking, oh, wait, oh, bachata. Yeah, like I, I saw, I know bachata. I saw that video. Look, this is bachata. And then the other thing about the moves, I used to be very critical, just like Ismail. I've learned to think of it a different way now. I'm not so critical about the moves, but there is one pet peeve. And it is any movements in, in sensual bachata dancing that is symbolizing something that I don't believe in. I'll give you an example because I talk about this all the time and I'm not afraid to talk about it as much as I used to. And it's when the guy does this to the woman and the woman does this. And <laughs> I know, Ismail, I used to laugh at this all the time. I was like, oh my God, look at this. I used to like make jokes. And then I started thinking like, what are we suggesting here? Like, what is the message behind this? Because if art is an imitation of life and vice versa, someone's gonna see that and think, oh wow, that's so cool. And you know how the brain and psychology works. <laughs> if I see my top people doing this, I'm probably going to want to do this. Because when you see a line full of people, you start to wonder, like, hey, what's this line? What's... And then you start getting in the line, and you don't even know what you're in line for. So I think it's just a matter of what are these movements, and what do they actually mean? Where do they come from, and why? Ask that question. Like, when your teacher says, all right, here's the next move. You're going to do this. Boom, and there. And then ask them, Why? <laughs> and if they can tell you something like, well, because in the song, the guy said, Matame, amor si tu eres conforme, boom, okay, maybe I'd understand. <laughs> but I, or maybe I feel, she's annoying. 
<laughs> I feel like as a, as a follow, I do think that it not even like about the messaging as a follow. I'm just like, did we establish a connection so strong that I invited you to touch with your questionable fingers, my face that I could possibly break? Like, those are like boundaries. Like, and, and I think we could talk about also, I mean, I, I can also talk about uh, in a, for another hour is like, the relationship between men and women and like lead and follow and all of this business. And like, I, I joined the dance community because I love the politeness, the respectfulness, the fact that there, I could go to a, a, a social and I wasn't worried about being hit on or having my number asked for. And like, I could kind of, well, I mean, that happens still. I mean, all my, my past two relationships have been also romantic, uh, like my dance partners, but it was that the openness to go out there and not, be worried about like is a guy gonna dance with a drink in his hand like in most latin dance clubs in new york while still trying to bachata with me and potentially spill his drink <laughs> on me and all this business uh but it's just like the the boundaries like i didn't like i like don't touch my face like don't touch my hair like just dance with me like we have these 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 hands to like lead and follow and i think that that speaks into like also women issues and like also or follow issues with central bachata movements and I feel like when the conversation is about well let me how do I learn to manipulate you or cons like puppeteer you in a way and I'm not leading with my body I'm not being there as a as a partner for you to like to dance with me I think that's what I have a problem with personally um I just want if we're gonna body roll body roll with me don't just like consort me to all these things and I feel like I've danced with Corke before, so I do know that Central Bachata leaders can lead, and we can have that experience. Yeah. And I, I agree with Edwin. I, I'm leaning towards, like, I don't – it's confusing. Central Bachata, you still have the Bachata component, but yet there's, there's components about Bachata that's missing for me as a, as a social dancer. So, yeah, I just agree with I all, agree. Uh, everything. I agree with everything. Like, I just feel like, uh, you know, with, you know, using Corky and Judith as an example, especially Corky, since he, you know, he was one of the first people that I remember seeing in videos. I think teaching etiquette along with sensual bachata, it's a, a, a perfect product. And then giving it a name that, that, that doesn't upset people of that culture and, or maybe something that doesn't misrepresent it, perfect product. Because, yes, you know, not everyone likes all of the sensuality, but a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that the point is when the, there's no etiquette and you just dance with everyone the way that you know how to dance and you don't realize in that, hey, this, I'm going to go to Dominican Republic and hey, you dance bachata? Oh, I dance bachata. Let's go. And the first thing you do is grab that person by the waist and then do something and they're going to, you know, you might not make it out of there alive. Yeah. So that's the idea. <laughs> just the, the context and the respect. This, this because becomes real. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. This becomes yeah. real. That yeah. becomes real. And then, and then you can have real cultural context, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's all good. As long as there's respect, there's, un, yeah. you know, there's, and then consent, Jen, because that's a big thing you, you mentioned, the consent. If I don't give you permission to treat me like a puppet, if it's not a choreography where, you know, it's like, hey, let's do that choreography. Think it. If it's not a choreo and I don't give you permission, don't dance with me that way. Or just watch. I feel like sometimes when social dancers go into a social, they just jump in there and they, they don't just take your time, get it, get a water, get a drink, like chill out for a second, see who's on the dance floor, see who's dangerous, who's not dangerous, who's like 
has good musicality, who may be a beginner, before you go in there and then you just make assumptions and you make judgments. Like, I, I think, and I, Edwin, I think you could speak to this. I don't know if this happened to you, but I've seen where people are just like, oh, people in Dominican Republic don't know how to dance because they don't dance the way you've learned in a studio or your experiences in a specific style of bachata. And then you're just like, oh, Dominicans can't dance. I'm like, but are, are, we, are, we, are we going there? Like, just because they don't know how to dance or you are being led or followed in the way that you learn doesn't mean that. And again, it goes to Ismael's like, you should be dancing all styles of bachata if you're going to be a bachata dancer. 2018, Toronto, Canada. We're teaching a class. Right after the class, we're hanging out by the DJ booth. Someone comes up to Dakota and says to Dakota, uh, they were having a conversation about bachata and Dominican Republic. And that person says, and we use this example in every class because people have to understand how deep this problem can go. The person told Dakota, yeah, I went to Dominican Republic, but people couldn't even dance bachata there. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just leave it at that because I, I, you know, when we finish this call, you can ask me what the Dominican in me wanted to say, what the teacher <laughs> in me wanted to say. But, but as much as those two people wanted to say something, the other side of me understood exactly what that person meant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to the, uh, the next question. Um, okay, uh, the next question comes from Betty LG. She's asking, or sorry, Betty LG is asking, how did bachata change from traditional fast, upbeat sounds to even English covers? Bachata, That's what I was from the say. very beginning, had different pitch and, and speed, you know? It, had, it already had everything, you know? It just got modernized, and like everything that gets modernized, it, it changes. You know, changes with the, um, the 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 youth. You know, and and like I said, people, they, 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 we we kind of like tease people. You know, when but that's just what you know. That's that's just it happens to everything. You know, when people were like, "Yo, trap chata," you know, it's gonna happen. I already saw that a long time ago happening. You know, I, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we have ballet chata. You know, um. That's some, that's happens in every type of dance, every type of music. Um, we saw it and we criticized it. They, and some of them actually tweaked it in a way that we're like, you know what? I see that you're trying. You know, you, you, you're trying to keep it more cultural, but other ones just went out. Um, out. And the reason they do covers is because there's not enough bachata music. Um, uh, modern ones that um, um, you know we have access to. You know we have access to to thousands of songs, but it's not their preference. You know if they want to go traditional, they're gonna have a big selection. But the music that they they're used to, um, there's not a big big um, selection for. It, you know. Right. I agree. I um, uh, to Betty, if if you know you end up watching this video, I think that that misconception doesn't necessarily come from the consumer or the students. Um, students and consumers, we just repeat the information, you know, whatever someone tells us. I think that there are instructors that have at one point or some point in their life made the distinction between central bachata and traditional bachata as one is fast and one is slow. And that is not true at all. If you look at the first LP of bachata, I don't know if I have one in, around here, but the LP, you know, Vic Bino, has two sides. And the first one was Que Sera De Mi on one side, Borracho De Amor on the other side. And then when you look at Marino Perez, he has Ay Mami Ay, which is a very fast one. And then you have the same artist singing El Amor Que No Tenía, and then it's slower. So 
the speed has nothing to do with it. I do agree that there's a stereotype, like uh, uh, Ismail said, there's a stereotype that for competitions, you need fast music and Dominican footwork because Carlos Cinta talks about that all the time. You have to move your feet really fast because it's Dominican. But then when you go to Dominican Republic and you see a whole other experience, now I start to think about the classification of what is quote unquote traditional or Dominican or authentic outside of the R because in the Dominican Republic, those words aren't used, at least not for those reasons. They're not used to separate music. Over there, you say play traditional bachata, they'll look at you like, what is it? Like, yeah. oh, you mean like nylon string bachata from uh, Edilio Paredes? Or you tell them, hey, can you puede tocar bachata dominicana? And they'll be like, oh, ¿qué es eso? Eso es agua moja, agua moja. Because <laughs> it's, it's a, you know, <laughs> Yeah. It's, it was one of those things that happened outside of the country. And I think that the more we look at the culture, the more we understand why we have this problem of misinformation is because instructors, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. We teach each other information. And if we don't know the information as a human being, sometimes we make it up. A teacher might, uh, you know, an instru- a, a student might ask you a question like, hey, Edwin, uh, the three, two clave, uh, is that with or without the metronome? And if I don't know, I'm going to say, well, obviously without the metronome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we, there's a need to just have it, have it. And not a lot of instructors can take a step back and say, I don't know this. Shit. Let, me, let me go and talk to who knows about this. Let me talk to someone who actually does know rather than making it up, you know? So, yeah. Well, that's because in our world, in the Latin dance world, most people evolve this way. You dance, you got good at it. Someone asked you to teach them. It turned into a group, you know, it's not like you went to, um, you know, unlike Edwin, like you, you studied something, people just kind of like just went in there and, they, and we, you know, hey, let's, let's go down this road. Next thing you know, we're like in a professional level, you know, without no degree, the certificates, you know, <laughs> and um, it's hard to, when it's, your, when it's your culture, you never think about, let me make money out of this, you know, but when it's not your culture, say, that's cool, I could, could make money yeah. out of that, you know. I could bring yeah. that to I could bring that to Europe and make a killing. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, and you and you kind of see that, and I don't know, Edwin, you can kind of speak to this in your experience. I think also because you mentioned Toronto Bachata Festival, but I guess what was your experience in terms of have you gotten has the reception sometimes been of you coming into international waters with this like, oh, we're just trying to learn more about bachata or have you come across instances where you feel like, oh, wait, what is your intention and purpose of me having, having me here um, as, a, I, as a Dominican? I've, I've, I've experienced both, you know, f- fairly, fairly uh, decent amounts. I've, I've felt like, you know, they brought Dakota and I into a festival because they want to really, like I've, we've been invited to, to, private practices with world champions because they felt that they shouldn't hold the title of world champion if they don't know what the history is. And Dakota and I, to this day, talk about this experience like, whoa, yeah, world champions. Okay, let's, let's, you know, let's talk about this. Let's, you know, get to the bottom of it. And then there's times where I feel like, I feel like sometimes I'm the token Dominican guy. You know what? I'm going to have this festival, but we need like, we need at least one Dominican so that nobody says anything. What about Edwin? I do feel like the token Dominican a lot of times. You know, I'm not going to mention festivals, uh, but there's some festivals and, and you know it, you know it because you can see the, again, you can look at the flyer and just look at the lineup. And, and you're in a lineup of 55 central artists and you're the only quote unquote traditional, however they want to label it, 
to teach one workshop on one of the times when no one wants to take classes because everyone wants to be in the pool party instead. Man. And you feel it and you're like, damn, this really sucks. I, I, won't, I really want to share my culture. This is, like you said, to me, this is not a job. To a lot of people, it's a job. This is my culture. I have to, I have to teach it. I have to you know, get out there. I'm an ambassador. If I don't do this, I lose my ambassadorship. You know, it's, you know, and, and as much as it's a job to a lot of people, to me, it's one of those things where I can make money if I really wanted to, but then it will really change. Then it will be a very different product. So I, I feel both, you know, I've been invited as the token Dominican black guy. And sometimes as the, oh, wow, we finally going to get some quote unquote traditional bachata here in this country for the first time. Um, I don't mind either because I understand it's a business and I, I, I have to understand the mentality of a, an organizer. But what I have done is I've used my voice to tell those organizers, like, listen, you got to bring some more people. Yo, y'all know about these people over there? You know about these people? Look, look this is the list. And yeah. that's my job. I can't, I can't hate them. I just have to continue to share with them who are the people that they need to bring to their communities. Yeah, I sometimes look at flyers for European festivals and I'm just like, this, this is very one-sided. This is, is it because there's no people of color? Like, is there no one, no one that leans to like the other side of the spectrum that they can bring? And I mean, that's another conversation, like what, what blackness looks like in, in the European markets for bachata. Also in like American bachata and American festivals too. Um, but yeah, is I guess is like to... Uh, I know that we're on like the end. I mean, there are more questions, but they all lean towards central bachata. And I, I don't want to focus this conversation. I can't central. answer because I'm not an expert I know, on that. I know. I, 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 and I get it. There's like a lot of conversations, but I guess it's just, I, I do want to kind of close this out with what you, what you think dancers, social dancers should look for when they're asking themselves, like, what is bachata defining? Like what musicality feels like for me when I'm out there social dancing uh, I'm going to use the example where a like central bachata in terms of what it feels like for me. I don't feel like central bachata feels like that it needs to be bongo chata or an English cover for it to be central. I can dance to a Juan Luis Guerra. Um, I mean, even even central artists that we see now, like Danny J, sometimes their so his his songs are not 100% bachata, right? And we can get into like what the instruments look like in these songs. Um, but people dance bachata to it. It's just going back to what Ismael said, it was like the feeling, as long as you have a feeling of what, of what you feel like when you dance bachata, personally for me, what, what for you is something that you would tell social dancers now is like when they're questioning themselves with this question of what is bachata and how they should dance and listen to the music. You know, it's very simple. If people just do the research, if, if, if it's not your culture, just do the research because um, we, we, we um, adjust to what we're listening to, you know? It, 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 like I said, if you hear that, that you know, that those records, and it sounds like this, you know, we, we dance like he bottles, you know? We dance like, like we're not going to try to do much, you know? And then, you know, um, if we hear something more modern with a, a hip-hop twist, then we, we put hip-hop into it, you know? We, we, we adjust to whatever we're listening to. But most people, because they only learn one way of dancing, they dance that way to everything, you know? When you should be connected to the music, and music in general is in both salsa and bachata has been um, ripped apart, you know? And it, it's a marriage with the music. If, if you know what the song feels like or what it's saying, you'll be able to dance to everything and have fun with it, you know? Um, they, they did, um, what, um, 
that I, I, I like playing the, the, the bachata version of Scooby Doo Papa, you know? And I was like, you know, I have fun with that song, you know? But you know? So, you know, I have, I, I goof around, I have fun with it. I could hit all the breaks and then, you know, um, dance to, you know, Kiko, you know, and it's a totally different feeling. Never feel the same from one song to another because you connect to that music, you know? And there's a song, um, that I think Romeo Santos did it um, over, um, that I forgot the name of the song, but basically saying that um, because we have problems, she had an abortion in the song, yeah? Mm. Uh, oh, I was going to say Lagrimas. I forgot what it was called, you know, because I just woke up. Said about but, um, like the sister. Oh, okay. Um, basically, but you see people definitely romantic to it. I'm like, yo, you definitely romantic to an abortion, you know? Oh, yeah, that's right. But again, a lot of people don't speak Spanish, you know, so they have, they get a pass. But like I said, you put any song in anything, I guarantee um, both of you guys will not look the same because you guys have an understanding of this type of bachata, that type and that type. And when you connect it to, to the music as far as culturally or musically, it, it's fun and it looks incredible, you know? Um, yeah, Ismael just touched on like, like a whole book worth of things. Um, one of them was this idea of the, the lyrics, like the, the music. I used to give, uh, Ismail, this is where you and I can differ. I used to give them a free pass for not knowing the language, but now well, it's, not a, it's, not, it's not about a free pass for not knowing the language because I don't need to know a language to understand the feeling or the sentiment behind the tone of the voice. And I think that that's where a lot of dancers are not spending time. They're just superficially dancing, dancing through the music rather than with the music, like intertwined in it. They're like kind of like going through the, like, like if music was a, a hallway that you just pass through, I'm like, no, music is not a hallway. You, when you're in that hall, like if it is a hallway, you have to look at the walls, like lean against it, love the wall, chill by the, you know, rather than just going through. So the tone, the, the sentiment, you know, when I first heard Bangra for my first time, um, I had an instant connection to Bangra music. I have no clue what they're talking about, but I heard this pain in this music. I heard pain in it. And one of our dancers from, from LFX, she's Indian, and she told, took me through that journey. Like, hey, listen, Edwin, this is what Bangra is. This is what they're talking about. I'm like, I knew it. I knew there was something I was connecting to. I didn't have to know the language. So I don't give them a free pass anymore, <laughs> but I that's do agree you. with everything. That's, that's right, you, right. because you have that, that interest. You know, with, right. with every, everything you do, you have that interest. But when the majority doesn't have that interest, right? So if they had that interest, Edwin, you wouldn't be here right now. You'd be out teaching that every day. True. You know, all the people that have the the knowledge and that they could bring out the best out of everybody, they're not traveling as much. You know, they're not. But right. I guarantee, put a backflip in there, Edwin, and you'll be traveling right. everywhere. And you know? everybody's like, "Whoa, you saw him? He did the triple backflip to El Ojo de tu, del Belle de tus ojos. Whoa, <laughs> he's a master. He's a master." What I what I did agree with Ismael and very strongly is, for me, rhythm has always been king. And I think this comes from this whole hip-hop mentality. When you come from the 90s with a hip-hop brain, rhythm is king. Like, yes. you know, we have so Top many musicality list. classes where people are like, oh, you have to have the, the bongo, the guida, the three guitars, right? Everybody talks about that. To me, that's not enough. I can have all those instruments, and if they're not giving you those rhythms, if you're not getting those estribillo rhythms, those, those rhythms that you're dancing to that change over time with the different parts of the story, then 
you're doing a disservice to the music by calling it bachata. So if you have a remix, like you were talking about remixes, and that remix doesn't have those core rhythms, and what I mean by core rhythm is the rhythms that, ident- that are the identifiers of the style. If those identifiers aren't there, I'm not going to call it bachata. I could call it, wow, that's a, I love that. I'm take my horse to Old Town Road. I'm like, whoa. I mean, that was a poor example, actually, because that remix actually had the elements of bachata. It had all the instruments and it had all the rhythms. That was a poor example. But you know what I mean? Take any other remix that doesn't have, that, that has a loop of the guida, the entire song. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't. I just can't. I'm glad you said that because I always tell my students that on top of your list is rhythm, you know, and, and hearing Edwin, who's a, a teacher and a musician, it kind of reaffirms me and makes me feel better because I say rhythm is everything. It's all about rhythm. If you got the Don't rhythm, be surprised. you can huh? Don't be surprised if I didn't hear you say it first, though. I, I just say it a lot more than you do. <laughs> you say it better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there are people out there that, you know, they have a lot of knowledge and they, they, sh- they should, you should have at least have two or three of them at an event. Um, and then the rest, you know, for eye candy and moves and cool moves, you know, but it's a balance. But, you know, we're, we're in a different mm-hmm. era today where, you know, now um, you got to be a dancer, teacher. Everything. Second <laughs> and first, you got to be a promoter. You got to promote yourself, you know. You got to be in everybody's face. Yo, I'm, I, I'm the best, so hire me. And that's how it is. You know, people don't look at your work anymore, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's why you, you, you see everybody's complaining how all scenes are going down. Because everybody's just looking for, for the flashiness, the, you know, the eye candy, you know? And nothing wrong with eye candy, but balance it out where this eye candy is like this because of these people that brought them up there like that, you know? You could do anything. It's just putting the research, putting the time, and everything will look good. Oh, did we lose his Sorry. Mind? Sorry. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. No, I, Amen. I, 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 I definitely, I definitely agree. Like 100%, Ismael. I, I do feel like, and again, these are all conversations. This, this can be a series, and we can dive into deeper subjects into like who is eye candy in the like when we're talking about performing, who is right. center and who is not center, who is like criticized on like what they look like more than the other person. Uh, we can also talk about how bachata solo artists aren't really reached out to as much because you have to have a partner. It's like a lot. It's a lot. And um, this is just the first. Yeah, it's it's so deep and it's rooted and it's yeah. But this is our first conversation of many about like what just for education, like Edwin said, so people can Google it and search it and they can have a resource uh, just to learn more and be more um, more well-rounded dancers Uh, and not just in moves, but in just knowledge. Uh, so I want to thank Edwin and I want to thank Ismail for joining uh, on My this pleasure. awesome conversation. One of many, um, please be on the lookout. We'll be talking more about bachata with different people. Hopefully in the future, we'll have like a panel discussion where we can, uh, or hopefully we'll have a panel discussion at a Congress. Like a round these, table. Yes. Or just talking about these things that sometimes um, it's so awesome when we have panel discussions at Congresses, cause you feel like there's, that in-face communication and interaction and you you as a as an instructor you you feel uplifted because people are interested in what you're what you have to say versus in what you can teach them in terms of moves and and thing and patterns 
So, um, yeah, thank you so much. Is there anything you'd like to add before we go? Oh, this was, this was great. Uh, you know, anytime I, any opportunity I get to talk with this guy, it's just, you know, we, we, we talk for hours already. The only difference is now it's being recorded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a pleasure for me to, to talk to you guys. You guys, like I said, I have a lot of respect for both, both of you guys, what you've done and what you, you know, your mentality. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I feel so much, um, so so much honor being in the presence of both of you because you both have been, uh, in different ways, so influential. Uh, in terms of Ismael, you have been a pioneer in the scene. You were always someone. You, I mean, since you won first place at the bachata competition, it's just like Caribbean soul. Ismael was the person, was those people, like that person. And it was so awesome when we, I had even opportunity to perform with with you. It was. I was that was a situation, but uh, we can that can be another conversation. But I, I guess it's like just uplifting more of the pioneers. Edwin, you are also a pioneer in what you do, and um, yeah, I'm gonna include all your information on what you both are doing right now, or how we people can reach out to you for more information. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. I hope you learned something. Thank you so much for watching. Please like, subscribe, or just send us a message on any of our social media platforms to see what's next, to tell us what you want to see next. And uh, thank you so much for your support. Peace out.